everyone. Welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. We have such a special guest today. I am so thrilled, so honored that she's back. She was one of my first five guests um, on Skincare Anarchy, and I could not say that we would be here without her because the amount of help and the amount of guidance she's given me, just, you know, being somebody who knew nothing about entrepreneurship when I launched this podcast, I just, I'm so grateful for her guidance every single day. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys again to Priscilla Martinez, who was the founder of the brand agency. Welcome to the show, Priscilla. Thank you so much for that very warm welcome. I have to say I'm so happy um, and so honored that you have me back. It's been so amazing to witness, you know, the huge amount of growth and all the amazing podcast guests that you've had. I mean, I'm, you know, I feel like a very proud mom, you know, watching from the <laughs> sidelines. So congratulations on all the amazing success um, and really for bringing to life one of the most important podcasts in the industry. So very, very excited to be here today. Thank you so much, Priscilla. That means, I can't tell you, it means the world to me to hear it from you. And I, I meant everything I said, you know, you have been such a guiding light and it's just, it's so amazing to me because I still remember when I had reached out to you, you know, and it was like, because before, you know, this podcast, I always say this, like, I didn't really have like a lot of female friendships. You know what I mean? I never had like a lot of women that I was like, oh, they're really supportive of my career. And then when you and I connected and then we continued talking, I was like, this is amazing. You know, so for on multiple levels, it's just been so nice to just get to know you and to get have your guidance and to have your faith in me, you know, as we grew. So like with that, I want to actually uh, kind of focus on you and what you've been up to since then, because I know the first interview, I mean, I was in awe of all of the work that you do and the amazing. I know we had talked about Amazon at the time and all sorts of things. So I would love for you to like kind of walk us down the past two years, like what's been going yeah. on. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are, you know, the little engine that could, we continue growing. We're so excited. We officially opened up a New York office. We've had boots in the ground in New York for a really long time with one of our uh, VPs down there, but now we officially, um, you know, have an office there and we've been hiring in New York and we continue growing in LA. I think pandemic um, kind of took the wind out of our sales and for, to the industry as a whole, right? So we're back mm -hmm. on track. We've been working with really amazing clients, everything from, you know, an Amazon to an Apple TV plus on the beauty side. We've done some really cool things with people like ColourPop, um, Kind Science, that's Ellen DeGeneres's um, skincare line. I mean, the list goes on. Um, so we've been pretty happy to continue a steady um, and really strong roster in beauty and then also developing other departments um, at the company at the same time. And I think it's yes. been really interesting to see, you know, how servicing different disciplines helps you know, inform strategies for each client. So we're constantly borrowing, you know, from what a streaming service is doing that's really innovative and bringing it, you know, to a company that is traditional beauty and, you know, kind of mixing and matching and um, really thinking outside the box. I hate that cliche, but it's so true in this instance where we're constantly, you know, borrowing strategies from different disciplines and making magic, um, finding magic in that. So we're pretty happy there. And um, since since we last spoke, I had a baby too. So I have my little Antonio, 16 months. So yeah, things have been a little nutty, but, um, you know, very happy where we're at and with our growth. 
I love that. And by the way, hello to little Antonio. I know I've been watching, I've been following you on social and I was like, oh my gosh, so cute. By the way, you don't look like you just had a child. For everyone listening, she looks phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) You're incredibly sweet, but my under eye bags tell a different story. I've been up since 4 a.m. today. I mean, his sleep schedule is not ideal. Um, but that being said, it does get me up really early and, um, I'm more productive in the morning. So that's silver lining there. Let's just put it that way. Well, Hey, you know, as long as you're always, you know, you're always on the move anyways. So I can't see you doing anything else except being constantly, you know, doing something great. So that's just what I imagine (laughs) when I think of you. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you. So I want to actually ask you, Priscilla, I'm very curious because, you know, you are literally like one of my favorite, if not my favorite person in PR. And I just have such admiration for your work and the brands you work with. And I'm really curious, like how you've seen PR change in the last two years. Like, has it been like, have you seen any shifts or like um, just changes in how companies are approaching like their marketing or their, their outreach? Like, I mean, anything that you've noticed? Yeah, that's such a great question because there has been a tremendous shift as of, you know, the last couple of years, I think, you know, the era of the traditional editor um, is sadly, you know, on its way out. I have been noticing that a lot of our, you know, editorial contacts are being measured by affiliates and how, you know, much their stories are bringing in. A lot of our clients, you know, at the beginning were hesitant to, um, you know, join affiliate marketing and um, do, you know, that type of um, strategy for their products. And now it's a must, right? Whereas two years ago, when I was meeting with new clients, I didn't mention that for product PR and for something like beauty, it was necessary. Um, now that's a conversation that we have at the top, you know, of, of our relationship, because it has become so important. Um, as an agency, we have worked to stay on top Um, of that trend on top of that industry. All of our publicists are trained in affiliates. We have great relationships with commerce editors. Um, But I think gone are the days where, you know, just having an amazing product will get you fantastic press. I think we now have to think about that conversion more and more, whereas before it was a little bit more about clout and, um, you know, getting that amazing headline. Now our contacts are being graded on how their stories are performing. So that's one big shift I have certainly seen. Um, and then obviously the influencer portion, right? Two years ago, my brands wouldn't were not putting that much money into TikTok. And now it's just a category that is built into um, your marketing plan. So I think those are the two major shifts that we have seen in the last two years. Wow. Yeah. No, especially the social media thing. I can definitely see that because there's a lot of um people who are, or brands rather, that are opting for this. Um, I don't know. I see it all the time. I don't know what it's called. Um, you UGC or something something like that isn't it I don't know what it's called um it's like um people who create content and then they put it out onto either Twitter or social media and I've been curious about that you know how that's working for brands but that's very interesting you know I think the storytelling aspect especially too because you know like just from the brands that I've hosted in the last few years a lot of them have given me kind of the same feedback in the sense of like yeah the story is where the consumers are now you know they want to know what are you doing why are you doing it you know (laughs) who are you And it used to, um, a few years ago, you know, social media was influenced by editorial, right? So an influencer 
comment on a story that they read or, you know, a beauty editor that used something that they like. And now it's the opposite. Now, you know, the direction that things are flowing, it's editors and writers are tapping into TikTok to find the trends and then write about them. So it's been really um, fun to see that shift. I think, you know, it bodes well for brands because there is um, a lot less gatekeeping. And if you have a really awesome product and you just get it into the hands of people that can, um, you know, really speak to your demo, you're in a really great place versus before where you had to jump through all of these hoops with legacy uh, publications. But that being said, you know, as an older publicist, I still miss, um, you know, the time when an editor would just suggest to their reader something because they truly believed in it. Um, and I, you know, recognize that that's something that will be going away more and more as PR progresses into this land of, you know, conversion. So that's, you know, me being old and, uh, you know, reminiscing about the past. Oh, well, you know what, though, I kind of agree. I, I do agree with you because I think that, you know, the magazine world was always like this, like, I don't know, it was a safety net for me too. you know, as a consumer, like I loved it. I loved reading stories with by editors and, you know, just hearing their take on products and brands. And I mean, as much as I love social media, don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of really great you know, content creators out there, but there's just nothing like, you know, reading a great story by a phenomenal writer. You know, it's just one of those, like, definitely is going to be missed, you know, for sure by, I think a lot of people, not just yeah. PR. And if you think yeah. about it, you know, editors and writers were the original content creators, right? They were the ones yeah. you tuned into, you had that writer at Vogue that you really trusted that wrote about this certain area. And, you know, you believed any recommendation they gave you or somebody at Allure um, and they were influencers in their own right. They were getting flown around the world. They were getting, um, you know, all of these perks just, you know, so that the brand could say that so-and-so was at their event or at their dinner or um, you know, at their anniversary, whatever it may be. So it's funny to see how that shift has happened, at least for us on the PR side. You know, if we did have a big brand event, a big blowout, our list skewed heavily towards editors, right? Because they were yeah. the we all. And now, you know, it's a very even break between press and influencer, which is pretty interesting to see. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Now, I do want to ask you, though, because I feel like, you know, I really am very curious about the metaverse and how it pertains to brands. And I'm really curious what that's looking like from your angle, you know, from PR's angle, because yeah. what is what's coming up, you know, with that in terms of strategy and, you know, trying to, I just don't get it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I just don't get it. Like, what yeah. is it going to be? Like, what are people going to be doing? You know? So no, I, I have to agree with you. I think um, at least in our industry, we were not prepared for the craziness that was going to ensue. Um, we have worked on quite a few Web3 projects. Um, one of our Forbes editors that, you know, reached out to us because they knew we were heavily involved in Web3 um, when we were having, you know, that huge spike in interest um, was writing a story and, you know, the working title of the story was, are NFTs the next Beanie Babies, right? Which kind of mm -hmm. is 
funny and we can joke around um, about that. But I do think that there was a lot of excitement at the beginning and now we're seeing that dwindle a little bit. I think, you know, temperatures are cooling and people are being um, a little bit more responsible with their investments in, you know, Web3, whether that's a coin or an NFT um, and being a little bit slower to jump on things. Um, whereas before, if your cousin's best friend's aunt told you about, you know, this coin or this cool NFT drop, you would jump on it. I think people now are, you know, doing their research a little bit more. They've become a bit more sophisticated. Um, in terms of our brands and, you know, their involvement, I have seen a complete slowdown. Um, I mm. think, you know, a lot of our clients were bringing us on and saying, hey, we're doing this huge project you know, in web three and we need help with this and we need this type of PR. And um, they were putting a lot of money towards it. And at least in our client roster, we've seen a big halt um, in that. So I'm curious to see where things shake out. I think to answer your question concisely, um, we all kind of jumped on the gold rush. And I think now we're um, sobering up a little bit and figuring out what is worthwhile of our time and, um, you know, investment. And I'm curious to see, you know, how that translates into brands and what they're going to be putting energy into. But for now, we've seen a complete slowdown. Yeah, no, I, I I figured because I'm like, you know, when I first heard about the metaverse, I mean, even thinking about it from like the skincare and beauty side of things, like I was like, well, I mean, there's only so much you can really experience as a consumer via that route. I feel like, you know, like there's just something it, it's like you're missing out on like if you don't go into a store and try a brand or if you don't hear about it from a friend or if you don't physically tangibly feel something, it's a huge component that you're taking out of the equation you know what I mean in terms of just why consumers buy what they buy and yeah. I was always curious like how is this really going to translate for beauty because yeah it's great to be you know completely digital completely you know wherever you are you can like access this but then there's a whole component of well is it something you physically relate to so yeah I'm definitely curious as well it's going to be interesting to see how you know brands evolve into that space yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about um, beauty, no pun intended, that it is an industry where you still need to touch, feel, you know, you want to smell, you want to, you know, walk around the aisles of a beauty store and pick, you know, a product up and see how hefty the weight is. I mean, there's a lot of um, you know, senses that go into picking your beauty products. And I think that um, you know, it for better or worse, it's something that I really enjoy about the industry and something that I'm happy um, is sticking just because of the nature of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to ask you, what have, what have been like your, uh, some of your highlights, your favorite projects in the last two years? Some of my favorite projects in the last two years, um, in the beauty uh, realm, we did something really cool with ColourPop and NBA. Um, they're mm -hmm. two very unlikely players, which makes it even more interesting. And it goes back to, you know, the brand agency's way of you know, meshing different disciplines and borrowing tactics and making sure that you create magic. Um, so we worked closely with ColourPop in launching their NBA collection. Um, and we didn't just think about, you know, the beauty aficionado that happens to be a basketball fan. We really infiltrated the community. I mean, everyone from LeBron, James' wife, Savannah, to the owner of the Lakers was in communication with us, um, all in kind. We did not, you know, roll out any big, um, you know, 
kind of program for that, which was really cool to see how far we could take it with just our relationships and our network. Um, and, you know, obviously we also service the beauty industry. We know that they are the brand's biggest proponents, but it was just really cool to see two unlikely partners, um, kill it and, and really flash and dominate headlines, you know, everything from our traditional beauty press, which we know ColourPop is, um, omnipresent in, but also, you know, things like ESPN were writing about us. The Miami Herald wrote about us and had a big standalone story, which is unheard of, right. With a beauty. um, Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It was really, really cool. So we're, um, really happy about that one. That one was, um, something that's why I love your work. This is why I've always like been such an admirer of your work. I always felt like even from the first time I interviewed you, I felt like, you know, she really knows how to like cross over, you know, into areas and just kind of connect things. And I came across even the first time I spoke to you, like, and that's, by the way, congratulations. That's brilliant. You know, that, that, that story you just told us, because yeah, I think it's definitely something that beauty consumers like they're finding new ways to discover things. And that's, that's an absolutely brilliant example. So I love that. Yeah, it was, it was really fun to see. Um, And, you know, the types of target lists that we were coming up with were so um, out of, you know, the box for beauty, right? Um, We did Mm -hmm. stuff with some of the nonprofits that the players had, we did, you know, activations with um, the dancing troops at the um, arenas. I mean, we just went all out in terms of getting creative and really infiltrating that community in an authentic way. And it, um, you know, obviously the mm-hmm. proof is in the pudding, right? Our impressions were insane and the types of anecdotes that we have from it, the types of people and the caliber of people that we were speaking to in kind was incredible. That's so cool. I love that. I love that you did a project like that. It sounds so cool. And yeah, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that you did something epic as always. Like I, I just, I think PR is, PR is so interesting to me. You know, I always, I always look at PR as, um, it's like, you know, when I started the podcast, I think I remember maybe we had spoken about this, but I remember thinking, I'm like, you know, these are like the brains behind why we buy what we buy, you know, the executives and PR, like the creativity and the amount of work that goes into it. You know, I just, I, you know, on that note, I really want you to give us some advice for, because there's been a lot of people who've reached out to me, you know, since skincare anarchy has grown a little bit, a lot of like young professionals have reached out. They've been like really curious about PR. Just the other day, a young man reached out and he was like, well, I want to make sure I get as much experience as possible. And I was like, I don't know how to answer your question. <laughs> so yeah. I want to, I want to get advice from you, you know, and the real pro. So like, what, how is it changing? How are, what are some of the things you want young professionals to focus on now that the landscape is changing a little bit? Yeah. You know what? I think it's, Awesome um, that younger people are being proactive. I think, um, you know, this is tale as old as time, right? With this advice, but getting your foot in the door is so important and really making sure that you, no matter what task you are given, that you give it your all, right? I think at the beginning, um, and we have seen this trend a lot that people, because there is so much knowledge, there's so much content they're consuming, they expect that their first job out of the gate, they're going to have, you know, this regal title and be treated like a, you know, senior executive. And the truth is that our industry is so complicated that you really have to earn your stripes. You really have to learn um, from those that have been in the industry a little bit longer than, than you. There's so much nuance. There's so much, you know, that is um, to be said about client relationships and how to keep those pristine. So you really have to humble yourself 
um, you know, a bit when you are starting out. And that would be my advice. Just start, you know, send out a few emails, reach high. I get emails in my inbox all of the time from people that are in college wanting you know, 30 minutes um, to chat through um, PR and how to get their foot in the industry. Maybe I can't take all of those calls, but I certainly pass them on to somebody in my team with that knowledge that can be helpful. Um, and I think that there's, you know, so much to be said about someone that has guts to type up an email and to research who you're reaching out to. You can tell it's not a blanket email. If it's a blanket email, I, you know, will more likely than not, um, not, you know, come through. But if it's something that I know they research, they talk about a campaign that we just did, they reference, you know, something that we posted on our Instagram or an interview that I just gave, then you know that they're serious and that they really are spending their time um, and being thoughtful about the way they reach out. And you will always, um, you know, be surprised with the responses that you get if you do your homework. So that's what I would suggest, you know, in your foot in the door, starting out, even if it's just an informational conversation, shoot for the stars or the CEO of the firm, they might, you know, pass you off to somebody in the company, but at least you're going to have a contact there that will remember you that, um, you know, can be an advocate for you if you guys develop a great relationship. So um, all, all this to be said that if you are starting out in the industry, get your foot in the door, find a brand or a company that you're passionate about and don't give up until, you know, you're able to kind of cross their front door. I love that. I love that. And I love like everything that you said is like the amount of hustle behind that, because that's something that I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed it at all. And in, in the new generation is like, they're very different with how they approach. I feel like with, you know, I grew up, you know, in the what nineties, early two thousands. And it was like, you know, you either go out and get it or you're not going to get it. And I feel like now it's like, there's been a lot of shift, you know, in terms of how they think. So I think that's such golden advice. You know, what you just said, like, there's a lot fewer people are, especially in the young professional area that I see reaching out and doing that, you know, and I, I think that you're, what you said is so, you know, it's money, you know, everyone listening, if you are in that category, just please take heed to her advice, because that's so, so true. You have to be a go-getter. You can't just sit there and be yeah. like, oh, it's going to come to me, you know? The old uh, dinosaur publicist that I hang out with, we joke around that we used to get like highlighters thrown at us. You know, if your boss was upset about something, a highlighter would fly and you better duck, right? Which is not what I'm advocating at all, but it just goes to show how different um, the industry is. I think the, you know, thinking when I started out um, in this field was that I was lucky to have a job, right? You were hustling, yeah. you knew you had to be hungry, you knew that there were going to be late nights and that, you know, maybe the work at the beginning wasn't going to be um, as exciting as you would hope for it. I have memories of stuffing gift bags, you know, on my knees at a hotel suite at two in the morning, and that's just the way the world um, works. So I think there, there definitely has been a shift, um, you know, in the way we look at entry level positions and, you know, in the hustle required to really make it to that next step. Again, I sound like a dinosaur talking about all of this. I'm totally, oh, no. totally. You sound, no, you sound actually like reasonable. I mean, I feel like nowadays it's like everyone gets a trophy. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, for yeah. everyone listening, but so not with that mentality. Like, I just don't, I don't believe in it. I don't think everyone deserves a trophy. Like, you know, call me a jerk for it. But I, <laughs> I think that you have to earn, like Priscilla said, you have to earn your stripes. I think with every profession, it's like that. I mean, I, I can tell you in medicine, Pris, like, it's like, you know, I have residents every day that are just like, well, I don't know why I have to do this. I'm like, the reason you have to do it is because I told you to do it. Like, <laughs> you're going to get experience from this. That's why you're doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard, I think, nowadays 
where versus back when we were, you know, regardless of profession, it's like, I remember I never talked back to my attendings. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, he said, do this. Okay. I'm gonna go do it right now. It's like, it's, you know, so it was, it's like a whole different mentality. And I think I applaud Gen Z for being more, I think like they're very like, um, what do you call it? They're very like set in their ways. And I like that about them. Like they're intentional with what they want, but I think there's a lot to be learned from, you know, the experience and the amount of insight that's out there in whatever industry, you know? Yeah. And you know what, you you, uh, hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot to be admired with Gen Z that they come out the gate thinking, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be this, you know, huge, big thing that I was so intimidated when I was younger I, you know, was afraid to speak up in meetings. I was afraid. It's just such a different shift. So I applaud them for that bravery. Um, but, you know, that bravery comes with with other um, qualities too. So it's interesting and it's always good to, to think about keeping a good level. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, now, one thing I, I do want to ask you about is with the Gen Z conversation, I want to know, like, you know, in terms of like the, you know, the PRN, like, how has that been, you know, in terms of really kind of appealing to them and kind of catering to what those consumers are looking for? Have you seen like a shift in terms of like, you know, whether it's, I guess, the way you present knowledge or the way, uh, you know, something is marketed? I mean, what have you n- noticed as a difference? With, yeah, with the and that's an amazing uh, question. I think the answer to Trump all answers is just TikTok is king, right? <laughs> I feel like that's where yeah. they're getting most of their information. That's what they're spending their time on. Um, it's funny to see the departure from Instagram to TikTok. Um, I also think it's really interesting that we're seeing less of a, you know, uh, I don't know how how to word this, but it's traditional celebrities aren't moving the needle as much, right? Um, yes, there's yes. some fantastic, um, you know, headlines, but it's not like it was before. You would get something on, you know, a Kardashian and you created a sellout moment and people were writing about it um, day and night. And now that's just not what consumers are into. Um, so it's really interesting to see how all of that is, um, changing and, and working out. And definitely, you know, in terms of Gen Z, we think about TikTok a lot. We think about content. We think about authenticity. Um, and we think about being approachable, right? I don't think anybody wants to see someone hawking, you know, a $30 lip gloss from their private jet. I think that that, you know, in the olden days was alluring and, um, you know, felt like you were getting a peek into this luxurious lifestyle. And now it just feels a little out of touch. Um, and like, you're asking consumers, you know, to, to chip in for that lifestyle. So it's really funny to see how those things have changed. And I think, um, we're in a good, um, you know, trajectory. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think there's a lot of, um, of, you know, that shift in thinking and, and I love it truthfully as a consumer myself, I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. I can play. It's it definitely the relatable aspect. I, I like that you mentioned that because you're right. It's like there's a totally different vibe when it comes to like, you know, you're not seeing the celebrities, like you said, on the jets and on the yachts and, you know, whatever. It's like it's more of just like consumers that are you're seeing using the product, you know, loving the products. That, that's that is cool. Definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. 
But um, I actually, you know, I just want to say thank you, Priscilla. This has been so fun to have you back. And I love that you're, you know, still on top of it. You know, you're still uh, Queen Priscilla, as I always you saw you, so you know. Sweet. You're so sweet. Thank you for the kind words. It's a hustle. And if you saw me right now, um, it does not seem like it at all. Um, running around like a crazy mom with her crying baby. But I really appreciate the kind words. I thank you so much for being such a supporter of our brands too. I know, you know, everyone from the biggest celebrity and beauty executive to, you know, someone that's just starting out in their um, career has had an opportunity to connect with you and chat with you um, and to be introduced to your podcast that's doing a really big service in the industry. So thank you for, you know, bringing this to all of us, for getting us excited about beauty and for always being such a supporter of our brands. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you so much. That means the world to me, seriously. And for everyone listening, you know, I really want you to go check out the brand agency and check out what the brands they work with. I mean, it's really, really going to blow your mind. I mean, Priscilla's team is like top, top notch. Like when you, when I first interviewed you, I, like I said, I was just blown away and I still am, you know, to this day, every time I see their clients, I'm just like, wow, you know, they're doing such a phenomenal job. And for anyone who is listening and is a young professional in the PR world, I really hope you have taken heed to Priscilla's advice. And if you have any questions, questions um, and need any guidance, please leave your comments and I'll definitely try to pass them to her team and see if someone has the time to answer your questions. But yeah, stay tuned and I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much. Bye.